Hey friends, this is Ryan here from Revival Fires, and we are so pleased that you've tuned in for this podcast. We have a great message from Trevor Baker as part of the Way Ahead teaching series. This one is called Fix the Flow, and it'll help you overcome any blockages in your life. We want to invite you to come along and join us at one of our meetings at Revival Fires on a Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. right here in Dudley. We would love to welcome you here. Visit our website to check out all the details. You know, over the last few weeks that we've just been looking at the way ahead, and and I really sense that, you know, we need to be looking forward, not backwards. You know, I said last week, one of the things is when what's in front of you is bigger than what's behind you, you can go forward. Come on. You know, but so often what we're doing is we're driving, looking at our rear view mirror, you know, constantly looking at what's coming up behind us. And, um, you know, I want you to get hold that today that there is a way for you to go forward. You know, you're watching online. There's a way forward for you to go forward. And so here, you know, we've come to the last of this um, series that I've been doing on the way ahead. You know, some of the things that I've talked about, I talked about the baggage, the baggage that holds us up and weighs us down. I looked at, you know, and we looked at David, uh, we looked at Samuel and Saul, then we looked at also bandages, that which ties us up. And... Um, You know, the thing is, so often we allow things in our lives to tie us up. And we looked at the whole thing about death, allowing death to come into our lives. And listen, death can be in relationships where what happens is we cease to communicate. You know, that's what death is, the inability to communicate. And so we allow relationships to die. There's also dreams that we we let die. And so we looked at, you know, the whole thing of bond, uh, bandages, the ties up. But I want to come to um, blockages today. Blockages that either slow up or that dry up. You know, they do one or the other. And uh, I want to base it around, I've got a, a Bible um, story that really talks about blockages better than any other. And that's what I like about God's Word. It speaks into our situation now. You know, if you're here this morning, if you're watching online, I wonder if there are blockages in your life. I wonder if there are things that are drying you up. Your spiritual walk has dried up. Anybody like that here this morning? It's just like there just seems a dryness. Or you've slowed up. You know, and I'm not talking about slowing up with age. You're just slowing up. And the thing is, you know, with when things dry up, they bring barrenness and fruitlessness into our lives. If I was to say to you today, have a look at your life. See what your life is like in front of you. I'm not talking about behind you. And uh, you see, the thing is this, so often we look at our lives and we see the areas where it's fruitless. We see the areas that are barren and we wonder whether we will ever come out of it. I've got good news for you this morning. Hallelujah. And the good news is this. Jesus wants you to be fruitful. 
He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Every branch in me that bears fruit, I make it even more fruitful. How? Pruning. You know? (laughs) You know? I can remember when I was a boy, I'd be, you know, I'm one of those that I learn quite quickly. You know, if I see something, I think I can do it. And uh, my grandson, Ben, is a little bit like that. Um, If he sees something, he thinks he can do it. You know, he said, Grandpa, I think we can do that. You know, that was renovating a barn in two days. Because he'd seen me and Ryan renovating a patio. He says, we've only got two days left here. And uh, we've got to get the barn done. The barn is looking like it's a derelict building. But for Ben, he could do it in two days. I said, Ben, there are some things that take a little bit longer, you know, like our dreams. But, you know, and he's like me, but I, I see things and I think I can do them. I can remember I'd gone to secondary school. The first, some of the first lessons that we had was, um, I forget the technical term, but basically it was a gardening class. I mean, why, were the, why they would ever try and get me to be a gardener, I don't know. But they put me in this um, rural science. That's what it was. They, they made it all these glamorous names, but in the end it was just gardening. And so they took us into the garden. I'm going to call it gardening class. And so they took us into the gardening class. They showed, the, the um, teacher showed us how to, you know, isn't it funny how you remember some people's names? Treadwell. You know, that was his name. Well, he didn't teach me to tread well. And he showed us how to prune fruit trees. So what did I do? I went home. My dad had an apple tree in our garden. It was the pride and joy of his life. It was the only thing that ever fruited every year. You know, everything else, nothing really came much. But this tree, and and I can even remember the name of it. Why I can remember the name is because it was etched on my life forever. On one experience and so what happened was I went home and I I thought you know that tree didn't produce it only produced small apples I'm going to make it produce big apples and so I proceeded to go about because I'd seen the teacher do it I proceeded to go and prune the tree now the thing is in our home that we didn't have pruning um what secateurs so I had to get the next best thing. No, no, I didn't get an axe, okay? But I got a saw. I got one of my dad's saws. And, um, and so I proceeded to saw boughs and limbs off this tree. I mean, I'm going for it. And I looked at it afterwards and I looked at this tree and this tree looked a picture of pruning. And uh, then my dad came home. And, uh, and so I was there standing by the tree. And when he came through the door, he looked at his Worcester Pomaine tree. And he says, who has put that coat hanger in the tree, in the garden? He, he thought that I'd made the tree into a coat hanger. Because there was just little stumps of it. Nothing else was there. There was no leaves on it. I mean, I had just stripped that down. And, um, and then my dad stripped my backside down. 
And uh, he said, what have you done that for? I said, because the teacher taught us how to prune trees. That's not the way you prune trees. And, uh, but anyway, the story is, the next year, we had good apples on the tree. You see? You see, we don't like pruning at times. Um, but God is always wanting to make us fruitful. And there's somebody, whether you're watching online, but there's somebody that needs to hear that. Sometimes we go through pain of pruning. But listen, it's so that we can bear much fruit. And, um, and so here, I believe God wants you to move forward. He wants to remove blockages out of your life. That story has nothing to do with blockages, I know. I just thought I needed to tell somebody. Um, But here there's a story about blockages. Listen to what it says. Isaac dug again. Underline that. If you've got your Bible, if you've got it on an app or whatever, underline that. Isaac dug again the wells of water that had been dug in the days of Abraham, his father. Let me tell you, God is a generational God. There are wells that have been stopped up in one generation that another generation needs to unblock. And so here it says, Isaac dug again. Listen, I want you to dig some wells again in your life. We're going to look at that. It says it dug again, which the Philistines had stopped after the death of Abraham. You see, whenever there is an ending of something, we can easily let go. And see, I prophesied that this morning. See, there are things, there are things that have come to an end, but in coming to an end, you let go of what refreshed you in a past season. And God wants you to dig again. See, I'm talking about unblocking that which is dried up. I am talking about unblocking that which has slowed you up so that you can get the flow. Listen, this morning it is time to fix the flow in your life. Listen, you need a fix of flow. I don't know what it is in your life that needs fixing, but let me tell you this. Everybody here watching online, there is something in your life. I believe because God gave me this message for you today, there is something that needs to be fixed so that it can flow again. You know, we were just on holiday. Well, Ryan and Anna were on holiday and... Um, Anna phoned me up and uh, she said, you know, Dad, I fixed the sink in the kitchen. I said, tell me about it. She said, you wouldn't want to know. And um, she had taken the U-bend, she'd taken the top off in the sink. And, you know, the U-bend is the part that goes under the sink that you can't see. And it's where everything gets stuck. And... uh, And so here she said, I've undone the U-bend, I've opened it up, and I've removed all the stuff that's been stopping the water flowing through. You know, every one of us has had a sink that's been blocked up. You know, I was in the 
shower yesterday and the water was rising up and I was nearly, I was nearly at the ceiling gasping for air. You know, the water had risen up that much. No, I'm only kidding. Some of you believe in me then. And uh, the water wasn't going down, so I undone it. You know what showers are like, don't you? You know, I don't know where all that gunge comes from. I, I, I know, I said to Sharon, it didn't come from me. You know, and there's only two of us in the house. She says, don't you be so sure. And you know, you undo it, you start to get it out, and then you have to get the plunger. See, because sometimes to get rid of a blockage, you have to put pressure on. Any of you here today watching online, you just feel under pressure. Let me tell you, God may be fixing a flow. Come on. See, that's what happened. See, I got that plunger and I stuck it on there and I started to plunge. And some little black stuff started to squirt up. And... uh, And then I could hear all these gurgling noises. But the thing was, I was pushing it down and it was coming up in the sink. I'm thinking, so I go around to the sink, I push the sink plug in and then I get some toilet paper. I wedge that into the little waste pipe that's there. Put that, I think, I'm going to get you. You know, and it's like I'm on a mission. Now this blockage has become my enemy. Just like the Philistines. See, sometimes you have to go to war on what has blocked you and stopped the flow. Do you understand? And so here, I bung, I put the plug in, stick the thing in there, and I started to plunge. It was a... The next thing, I mean, I pushed it one more, and then it just all spurted up, bubbled. The next thing... It all started to float. I got my flow. I had fixed the flow. Come on. Listen, there is nothing in your life that God can't fix. And so here, he dug again the well. Some of you here need to dig again. Not a new well. You need to dig again a well that was opened up in another season in order that you may fix the flow. In order that... The water of life may rise again or be released again. So that what has slowed you up, what has dried you up, can begin to flow again. Anyone here in that place this morning? Let me tell you, we all go through them. And if you're not going through it this morning, let me tell you this. You'll remember this message when you do, when the pressure's on and you'll think, God, you're fixing a flow. Now press it down because I'm ready. I'm ready for the flow to be fixed. I'm ready to go from slow to flow. Anybody here ready to go from slow to flow? See God putting pressure on you. God beginning to release that. Let me say here, God wants you and me to live in unlimited blessing. We sang about it earlier. Listen to what it says in Ephesians. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly. God who is able to flow through you more abundantly than what he's flowing now. That's what I get from this. He's able to do far more abundantly than we ask or think. 
according to the power at work in us. See, God is putting some power in. Hallelujah. Why? Because there may be a blockage down there. See, sometimes we're not living in that unlimited blessing. Listen to what it says in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2, 12 and 13. It says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed. That is, this morning it's fixing the flow. See, Paul is saying, as you have always obeyed what I told you about fixing flows. It says here, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence. See, many of you watching online here this morning, you're going to remember this. I'm making it easy for you to recall. And so here, it says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work out the flow of life in your life. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Let me tell you this. God wants a river to flow out of your life. Come on. Oh, I love this message this morning. I feel as I'm preaching to myself. Am I preaching to somebody else this morning? See, God wants you to fix the flow so that you can be a river. Hallelujah. Have you ever seen somebody trying to drink from a little, a little sort of drip in a tap? You know, they sort of get underneath, they're trying to get more. Have you ever seen somebody trying to drink from a fire hydrant? Huh? I haven't, no. I haven't tried it, okay? There are some things I try, but I've not tried to drink from a fire hydrant, okay? But I can imagine you would be like the sort of Michelin tire man, wouldn't you? You know, you'd be there sort of... You know, as you fill up. But you see, today, God wants to fix a flow. It says here... What are blockages? Blockages are gradual build-ups of waste. That which has had a purpose, but no longer has a purpose. Waste. You know, you can have a lot of waste material down a plug hole. You know? The thing is, let me tell you, you have eaten most of it. Do you understand? But you see, what you have eaten was the good of it, but what's left is what's waste. And it doesn't just happen. There is a gradual build-up of waste. Blockages are like the things that you don't like. And so often we allow things that we don't like just to build up. Because we don't deal with them. It's like the proverbial, the elephant in the room or, you know, the, the carpet that's laid over all of the, the garbage or all the stuff that needs to be removed. And so what happens is we just leave it there. We get used to it. We've just had our kitchen done. And, um, you know, we thought it was a nice kitchen, a brand new kitchen. Teddy comes round, our other grandson comes round. We said, what do you think of the kitchen, Teddy? We just had it all done. He said, it's not finished. I'm thinking, you know, don't you, it's not finished. You know, 
And he said, I said, what do you mean it's not finished, Teddy? I said, look at all the cupboards. He says, yes, but Grandpa, he says, look over there. He says, you've still got to paint all that wall around there. This kitchen's not finished. I'm thinking... See, but the thing is, we get used to things. And we get used to being in that dry condition. We get used to the flow being slow. Here, blockages are things you don't deal with. And all of those things stop the flow. See, that happens in our own everyday life. It will happen in your spiritual life. It puts a limitation over us. And I talked about limitations last week. You see, in a car and in vehicles, they put limiters or governors. Now, that means that the flow of fuel is limited. So no matter how much you put your foot on the accelerator... The flow of the um, fuel has been limited. And so that limiter governs the speed by which a vehicle can go. Let me tell you, we can have limiters in our lives. Here, they had a limiter. It says in this passage, Isaac dug again the wells of water that had been dug in the days of his father. The Philistines had stopped them up. How did they stop them up? Just by sticking waste in there. Just by not dealing with stuff. Just by not dealing with what had been put in and taking it out. They just let it build up. See, Philistines is just our natural thinking. Oh, it'll be all right. Sometimes it won't be all right. You know? And sometimes we just have to get in and we have to deal with it. And so here, their limiters and governors are designed to keep you at a certain speed. Let me tell you, the devil wants you to be slow. Let me tell you. He wants to stop any acceleration in your life. And I want you to move into a new place today. Get rid of the blockages. You know, I don't know about you, but I, I'm watching the time. I don't know whether I'm going to get through all this this morning, but I hope I will. But you know, we all, who likes social media here? Just a few of you. I mean, are you all on social media? Do, do you all know what social media is? You know, it's not a picture of people that you carry around with you. You know, I like social media. I like to, you know, see what's happening. And, you know, what I like the best is um, the comments people make about me. Who, who likes that? Huh? Now, now, those of you who are saying no, well... We'll deal with you in repentance afterwards. But how many of you like to see nice comments? Yeah, I like, I like Pauline's comments. Pauline, if you're watching, I love your comments. You know, they they make me feel good. You know, and and there's other people that, you know, they just write to you and they just put comments on things that you've said or things that you've done. 
And we all like those. I like Benjamin Carter's comments. You know, I like Maureen's comments. I like Sandy's comments. I like Sharon's comments, you know, and Ryan's comments. So he doesn't send me too many. But, you know, the, the thing is, we all like good comments, don't we? And what happens when you get a bad comment? You know, you know there's things, you can have a hundred good comments all said about the things that you've spoken. And then somebody, Ryan, writes a bad comment. Not Ryan. I mean, Ryan wouldn't do that, would he? And, and what happens? Whose comment do you remember? Huh? See, when you're looking at your Facebook page, the last thing at night, and I know some of you do, because I see what time you're writing comments. Because sometimes I do too. So I know you do it. See, we can all play games. And, um, and so we look at it at, you know, 10.30. We look at the comments. We, we put a picture up or put something up and we look at the comments. You know, wonderful picture. You know, I love the way you've done your hair. You know, have you had a new hairstyle? Have you, you know, done this, done that, done the other? I love your grandchildren. Where are you? You know, all of those things. And then somebody says, what a stupid haircut you've got. Who do you remember? Who do you go to bed thinking about? Or you can have a message. That message was great today. And somebody then puts a comment on didn't get anything from that today. Now, not, that's not happened many times, but there's a few times it's happened. Now, who do I go home and think about? See, and so what happens is, you see, there are some people, is that you just go into Facebook. This is what I do. People who put too many bad comments. And as I say, most of my friends would never do that. But there's some people, and they say they're my friends because I friended them, and then they stick a whole load of garbage on. Do you know what I do? Go in. Who should I do? Who is it? Let me see. Friends. Okay. Ryan Baker Barnes. <laughs> delete. No, I want something more than delete. Uh, Andre. Andre Rousseau, South Africa. He hasn't sent me a good comment in a long time. Do you know what I'm going to do? Here it is, Andre. Here it is. Here he is here. Block. There it is. I've done it. I've just blocked him. Do you know what? Now, listen to what it says. Listen to what it says now. Is what's going to happen. See, something's going to happen because of that. What's going to happen? See, I pressed the block button. Do you know, you can feel so empowered don't you feel empowered when you hit that block button of people who've been saying things about you, saying things that aren't nice, and you go, I'm going to get you. Oh, there it is. See, what happens, this is what happens. They are no longer able to see my posts. Oh, that's, it. That, that's being empowered. See, getting rid of the blockages. See, they're no longer able to see your posts. They no longer will be able to invite you to events. I wouldn't want to go to their events anyway. They're no longer able to add you as a friend. You get all this on Facebook. 
you will also, um, they will also unfriend you. Do you know? And there's some people, some people just say things and you just wish they'd had a block button on their mouth. And you just want to, because you want to stop them saying the stuff that they do. Does that only happen to me? There's people who think things and uh, they make you think negatively. And you just wish they'd had a, a block button on their head. You just go boom like that. Gone. Let me ask you today. How many of you have blocked God? Because you didn't like something that he said. Huh? See, it's great, isn't it, when God is saying all the nice things? Huh? Don't you love it when God is telling you just how wonderful you are, how lovely you are? And then another time he comes and he said, now, there's just a little bit of blockage that I want to unblock. Not me, God. I don't like that. And so what we do inadvertently, we press the block button. And do you know what happens? He's no longer able to see you. He's no longer able to invite you. Why? Because you blocked him. He wants to be there. But you see, he needs your permission. He wants to invite you into this love relationship. He wants you to fix the flow. He wants you to come to a place where you no longer have a drought in your life. Listen to this drought that you find. Where is it? I wrote it down. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will send a famine on the land. Not a famine of bread or thirst of water, but a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. See, what do you do when God says something that you don't like? Huh? An area of your life that he wants to adjust. And he wants to be real with you. See, there are people, I mean, you may be saying to me today, Trevor, why don't you just tell me about God's love letters to me? Because if I did, I would not be being truthful to you with what God's told me to do. And so here, the ways that we block God in our lives. How do we block the flow? How do we slow the flow of God working in our lives? There are three ways, and I will get through it today. Three ways that we stop the flow. The first one is unforgiveness. See, if you do not forgive, listen to what it says. Forgive us our debts as we forgive others, Matthew 6, 12 to 15. Lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. For if you forgive their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. And if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you your trespasses. See, we don't like that one, do we? 
But you see, if we do not walk in forgiveness, is what happens is we stop the flow of God's forgiveness in our own lives. And so what happens in that, I can walk around asking God to forgive me, but I still sense the guilt of the things that I've done. And so here, the first thing, the first blockage, you see, when we press that block button, it does things. And it limits the life of God flowing through us. Ask yourself today, is there anyone in my circle of friends or in my circle of influence that I'm walking in unforgiveness to? You see, to forgive, I would just broke this word up, but to forgive means that you go up ahead. It means that you already give them um, ahead of time. That's what forgiveness is. That you've all, even before they've said to you, I'm sorry, you've already forgiven them. You remember that film that was there? Pay, up, um, pay it forward. Forgiveness is paying it forward. And forgiveness is releasing the gift that somebody may not deserve even before they've asked you to uh, or said they're sorry. So after this, I'll go and re refriend Andre. <laughs> I picked on Andre because he really is a great friend of mine. <laughs> Just so that you know that. Um, and so here. See, whatsoever you ask in prayer, believe that you've received it and it will be yours. But whenever you stand praying, have your prayers been answered. He is able to do far more abundantly above all that you're able to ask or think by the power that's at work in you. But if we have blocked the flow because of unforgiveness, the power of God is not working through us. That's what it says here. See, if you're standing praying and you're praying with unforgiveness in your heart, listen, this isn't me. I didn't write this. See, that's why I say there are some things that you say that people don't like you afterwards. So here it says, whenever you stand praying, forgive. And if you have anything against anyone, so that your father who also is in heaven may forgive you and your trespasses. See, it slows the flow. Listen, let's fix the flow of forgiveness today. Do you understand? This is so simple. And yet I believe it can be the one thing that causes us not to walk in the abundance. I'm able to do far more exceedingly above and beyond all that you're able to ask or think by the power that's at work in us. But here it says, but if I stand praying and I've got unforgiveness, there is a blockage. I dry up. I don't live that unlimited, abundant life. Listen, these are so basic. But I tell you what, if we do the basics well, the blessing will swell. Come on. It will. And so here. Also, in terms of finance. See, God is able to do far more abundantly. This is the second block. Finance. Giving, generosity. You can use any of those. I'm just trying to give you some words to help you. Forgiveness and finance. 
So it says here, listen to these words. But just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in love, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. Now, the thing is, is there are some people that say to me, I don't know whether you're that, you may be watching online, this is your view. And you say, but tithing is Old Testament. The inference is you don't have to tithe. Now listen, yes, tithing is the Old Testament. It is mentioned in the New Testament, by the way. In Hebrews, it says, Levi paid tithes when he was in the bosom of Abraham. So because he was priest, the priest didn't pay tithe. But he paid tithe when he was in Abraham. See, because God's a generational God. And you see, if tithing is 10%, and that's law, well, let me tell you this. We're in the New Testament. The New Testament is grace. And it says, see that you excel in the grace of giving. So not just 10, why don't you go incremental and take it beyond that? See, that's what happens because is what we do when we stop giving, when we stop being generous, we hit that block button and the flow of God doesn't flow into our lives. You know, there's times in my life, I learned tithing when I was unemployed. I was getting £8.50 a week. £8.50, meant if I was going to tithe the tenth, it was 85 pence. Every week when I got my gyro, I got my 85 pence ready for. There was times when I forgot to do it. See, listen, forgetting to do it means that you haven't put God first. That's all. And so what happens, I quickly remembered after three weeks, I hadn't paid my 85 pence. And somebody was paying their tithe. They said to me, have you got an envelope? I need to pay my tithe. Thinking, I haven't paid mine. He says, I haven't paid mine for three months. I thought, well, I'm okay. Three weeks. So I said, what, what do you... He said, well, I haven't paid it. I need to send it to my church. So I quickly got my three weeks together and I paid my... Do you know what? I've never been late with a tithe since then. That was over 40 years ago. Do you understand? Why? Because I don't want to block. Listen to what it says in uh, Malachi. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me now in this, says the Lord, and see if I will not open the unlimited flow of heaven. Well, he didn't quite say that. It says it like this. And see if it will not open the windows of heaven, the floodgates of heaven, and pour you out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. Hallelujah. Listen, I want to live in abundance. I want God to do far more abundantly above all that I'm able to ask or even think by the power that's at work within me. And the power isn't about money. The power is about generosity. God gives increase to the generous. See, generosity isn't about prosperity. When you are generous, you can't help being prosperous, abundant. See, these are just things. And so what we do is we just hit that button. And God begins to stop speaking to us about abundance. We start seeing it in our lives. Things begin to slow down. We start to go into 
a place of dryness, a place of lack, a place of not having enough. Do you understand? And so here, God wants to unblock that this morning. And so for you and for me, let me read that again. As you excel in all things, also excel in this grace of giving. Giving beyond our ability. Who wants to go beyond? We'll have an opportunity in a moment to give. Who wants to go beyond? I've already made my offering out. And this isn't my tithe. This is just my blessing to the Lord. Just because I want to say, God, thank you. Lord, I've heard your message this morning. And I want to respond in my heart out of a generous heart. Out of excelling in the gift that we do, the gifts that we give. You know, I can remember there's some people that God says to them, do this or do that. I can remember the first time in Shannon, we gave a thousand pounds. I think the the largest gift that we've given is probably around seven thousand pounds. That's a lot. It's a lot for me. Do you understand? But let me tell you, when God says and you do it, there is just so much overwhelming blessing. I'm not talking about the amount that goes back into your account. I'm talking about the overwhelming sense of gratitude to the Lord. You know, I came into the car park this morning and as I'm walking in, I'm standing in reception, I look outside and I look at the building, I look around it, I look at, Sharon was leading worship in the music practice on the um, television out there, and I look at the books and everything that's there, and I said to the Lord, I am so blessed. You know, I truly am living in a place of abundance. And I look and I said, Lord, you have given me all of this. Now listen, if you're part of this church, you can say exactly the same. Because no one said it was their own. See, this giving. Listen, if you've been slow, if you've stopped and put that, press that block button on your giving, unblock it today. Unblock it. The third thing is this. Oh, let me just read you this from Luke. It says, because it contains them all here. Do not judge, you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Let me tell you, hit that unblock button this morning in your life, in terms of even your generosity. Hit it and say, God, I want to start Giving by your measure, not my measure. And see what God does. That's all. Because this is what he says. Press down, shake it together, running over, will be poured into your lap. And so here, third thing, I couldn't get another F. And that is ministry gifts. Or we could get an F out of it, and that is favor. Because all ministry is because of the favor of God upon us. And so here says in Matthew 10, see, what about your ministry gifts? How are you using the gifts that God has put upon your life? See, he called his 12 disciples to him and he gave them authority 
And why I've said ministry gifts is because I believe that God wants us as a church to be a ministering church. I, want, I believe that God wants us to always walk in healing, always walk in deliverance. Not just when we have a, an outpouring. You see, we can have gone, come through an outpouring in 80, um, 2008 and 2001 and we could come through because it was, you know, pressure. When you have meetings every night and you can get to the end, you can press that button and you can block. And what happens, the flow of healing, the flow of deliverance starts to dry up. And we need to hit that unblock button again. You know, we had a great healing hour on Friday night. We're going to have more of those. And there were people being healed. There were people being delivered. There were people, even this morning, there's someone here who was going through depression, started to write, wrote to me on Saturday and said, Trevor, I just started praising. And what happened is I come out of the place that I was in. Come on. Can you see why? Because you unpress that, but, that block, unblock button. And you begin to allow the praise to rise up. And I haven't got to praise this morning. But he a ministry gives. And he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal every disease, every affliction. And he says, as you go, proclaim, saying, the kingdom of heaven is done. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without payment. Give without pay. Don't hold back on what I have invested in your life. You know, if you're watching online, those of you here, we need to step out again and begin to release God's ministry gifts so that other people are blessed through the authority that God has put upon you to drive out demons, to heal the sick, to release those who are afflicted. And we don't do it just on Sunday when we come. If we would hit that unblock button, let me tell you, you would have a well of life flowing up. And so your life would be a river of life. Who wants to be a river of life this morning? Well, just press that unblock button. Become a friend of God again. Put these things into place. If there's areas of unforgiveness, hit that button and say, God, I've heard you. I'm going to walk in forgiveness. I'm going to release up front forgiveness For anyone who offends me in the future. Whoa. I am not going to take it on myself. I'm going to release forgiveness. Because forgiveness is about your heart, not about their sorrows. I'm going to press the unblock button on generosity. He was faithful in worldly wealth. God will give to him true riches. You can't get, over, get away from both. When we withhold, we stop the flow. And it takes time and longer to get where God wants us to get. Let me tell you, it's, untimed to, it's time to unblock the flow.